So when I was in high school, uh, I went to two different high schools. Uh, from 7th to 10th grade, I went to a school called Christian Heritage. It was in a town the size of Plevna. It was a school the size of Plevna. But one of the special things that they did every year for the junior high and high school kids is they hauled us a couple hours away to a camp. It was, it was Riverview Bible Camp. And it was, it was the best camp I've ever been to. It's probably not the best camp in the world. I don't know how it would compare with uh, the, the camp in Crystal Springs. It was probably similar to that. And so we'd go at the start of every school year for like three or four days so the kids could kind of mesh and get used to each other and, and just get rejuvenated in the Lord. And, and we'd go there, and uh, my, my senior year, or my senior, my, my last grade that I went there was my 10th grade, I remember going, and uh, the food was really good. You'd have, you'd have a salad bar. You'd have all the food that you can eat. You'd have these really cool dorm rooms. They would have the bunk beds, but you had your own bathroom inside the cabin. The cabin, or the camp I'm used to going to back in Idaho, you had to walk to the bathhouse, but that's not how it was here. They had a great big gym. They had volleyball, and they had basketball. Outside, they had a river that ran by, and they had one of those big floating devices where you stick some kid on here, and you jump off, and the kid goes flying. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, though, even though I was in the 10th grade, was this big slide. It was like three stories of going like this. And you'd get in a potato sack, and you, you'd have to bundle up uh, everywhere because you'd get burns all over the place if you weren't careful. And you would just try to race down this and try to hop off the, each ramp that you could. And if you wanted to go faster, people would go with uh, candle wax. And they would, as they would slowly try to go down the slide, they'd try to, to do, get the candle wax on there so you could just go faster and farther. And I think I set a record. Uh, about 40, I mean, at least 40 times in one day I went on that. And that turned out to be the last time I ever went on that slide. Um, but uh, anyway, so one of, the, one of the other things that we did at night was we'd play night games. And I, this one night we played Capture the Flag. And if you're not familiar with that, it's a game where you have two different sides. There's a flag that you're supposed to sneak around to the other team, grab their flag, and run back to your own side. And this is why... It was the last time I was on the slide. It has to do with this. So uh, we were playing this game, and I decided, you know, it's, it's dark. There's trees. There's, every, there's good cover that I should be able to get there. Well, the game was almost done, and so I, I, start, I, I go to the other side. And I, I get over there, and it's like, well, if I get caught, it's really no big deal. The game's almost over. All of a sudden, somebody hears me, and I start, I start running like a bat. You know, I just... I just start flying, I think all I got to do is I got to jump this little creek. It's just, it's just shallow. If I step in the water, it's no big deal. And so I just run as fast as I can, and the next thing I know, I'm sprawled out all over the ground. I mean, and my, my head hurts. I have this big scratch in my face. I'm covered in dirt. And I'm covered in water. And my left knee hurts really, really bad. And, and it, there's, right, there's stuff running. And so I, by the time people hear me and I, I get up and I get going someplace, I find myself going to the doctors to get stitches. And I end up getting eight stitches in my left knee, which is it's not the end of the world. It's one of my favorite pastimes when I was a kid was getting stitches. But I just, I just ran as fast as I could, and I ran into all these canoes that I did not know were there I, because it was dark. I just assumed all I got to do is jump this creek, and then I'm home free. So I, I told a few kids, I need, I need some kids to come up here. And I need them to tell me what would have helped me out had I, when I was out there running through the dark like a wild, crazy kid. Come up here, 
what, what kinds of things could have helped me to be able to see better? This is easy sucker, okay? Okay, you've got to tell everybody out there what could have possibly helped me. A flashlight. Okay, you got to stay up here. Stay here. Okay, what could have helped me? Say a lantern. A lantern. Okay, stay here. Stay with Caleb. Whoa, whoa. Okay, what else could have helped me? Stop. Whoa, whoa. We can't take them all. we got a lot of kids up here. Nope. Okay, whoa, stay here. Stay here. Okay. Okay, so what, what, what else could have helped me? Outside, in the dark, we'll get to that. We just hang on there. What about like a like a headlamp or something? That probably would help me. Okay, so pick a sucker. Now, if I'm inside, okay, here, take the sucker. If I'm inside, guys, everybody who's left, because I want to give you a sucker. What kinds of things could help me see in the dark? A light bulb, right? Because you're inside, you got a light switch. All right, what else could help me? No, it's not. The same thing that they just said, all that stuff. A flashlight, good, that would work. What else? A book. Oh, so it's like some kind of little lamp or something? Okay. What else could help me? Okay, a candle. Okay, Billy Joe. A big lamp. Okay, now, before I let you guys go, what, what, what does light do? What's the, what's the purpose of having light when it's dark, Billy? Yeah, it makes it light. What does it show you? What? It's real, but what's it showing you? What is light actually showing you, Tristan? That your path is showing you all the obstacles that are there. Okay, good job, guys. Go have a seat. You know, that's some good advice, don't you think? You turn on the light and so that you can see what's really there. I wish I would have taken that advice. Because when I was playing this game, it got over at 11 o'clock at night. And when I did this, it was about 10.55 at night. And so I got, I got hauled like an hour away to the doctors. I got my stitches. And then the whole rest of the weekend, because that was like day one or, you know, or day two out of four, I was on crutches. I was walking around. While all, everybody else is running around. You know, it's, you, know it's for, you get like five minutes of attention, and everybody's like, oh, poor Josh. But then everybody's swimming. They're, everybody's on that slide that I was going on. Everybody's playing ball and all these kinds of things. But it all happened because I didn't take advantage of the light that I had. The moon was shining, but it, I mean, it wasn't, uh, it, was, it was pretty full, but I, I didn't even take that into account. All I, could, all I could focus on was where I wanted to go and stay out of trouble. From, from people chasing me, so I just ran. I didn't even take advantage of the light. And today, we're going to be talking about taking advantage of the light, letting the light shine in us so that the light can shine out of us. Okay, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll get back into this. God, I, again, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the light that it is to our, our, our path, God, that we can see what's right and wrong and, and how to get out of the way and avoid troubles and to, to do the right thing. And I pray that, God, you would just speak to us in a special and a mighty way that we would want to have your light in our life, that we would want to have your truth, and we would, would, would want to put it into practice. God, I just thank you for this word, and I pray that you just bless me as I share it to say your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 11, verses 33 to 36. And the message title is, Let the Light In. Luke 11, verses 33 to 36. 
It says, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it is hidden or under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body is full of light. But when your eyes are bad, your whole body is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be completely lighted as when you light a lamp and it shines on you. So obviously, if your eyes are good, your, your, your body is good. But we're not, your eyes do not give light, right? I don't, if, I, if it was dark outside when I was running through the woods, if I had light coming out from my eyes, I could have seen, right? And if you look in my eyes in the dark, you cannot see anything unless it happens to be reflecting. It doesn't shine out. It doesn't shine inside my body. It's not talking about my physical eyes. It's talking about my, my uh, spiritual eyes because you don't even have to have eyes in order to see and have light shine into your inner soul inside. It could be your ears. When you hear the message of Scripture, if you take it in and you do something with it, you don't even have to have eyes because you have spiritual eyes or spiritual ears just taking in this information. So what do good, good eyes look like? What do good spiritual eyes look like? Um, you know, how do, I, how do I know if I have good eyes? Well, good question. How many of you here have ever been to the eye doctor? Right, lots of us. I see results of this on a lot of people, and I know people have contacts. But you check your eyes by a standard. Uh, I found this out. We went a couple weeks ago. We took the kids to the doctor. And you know that 2020 vision? I had no idea what that meant before. And so now I think I understand. Is when you are standing 20 feet away from something, an object looks like it's supposed to at 20 feet away. If your vision is 2050, uh, your are uh, 20 feet away from the object, but it looks like it's 50 feet away. And so if it's closer, so if you have 2015, your, your eyes are even better. What's 20 feet away looks like it's only 15 feet away. But you get your eyes checked, you check it by a standard. And what we need to do for our spiritual eyes is to check our eyes by a standard. We don't have this little eye chest, uh, test with little uh, letters on it in order to do that. We have God's Word. So we have to put yourself in a position i got to go to the eye doctor to get my eyes checked out. i got to put myself in a position to hear from God's word. Now, uh, recently, we've got over this. There's a plethora. There's a whole abundance of ways you can do this. You can read the Bible for yourself. You can sit here in church on a Sunday morning. You can get online, and you can listen to a message over and over and over. You can listen to the radio. There's no shortage of options or ways that you can put yourself in a position to test your spiritual eyes by, by what God's word says. But when you do, uh, you're, you're paying attention to what you're reading or what you are hearing. You have to have sensitive eyes to the light. Now, normally, we don't like to have sensitive eyes, to, uh, our eyes sensitive to the light because then it's like it's too bright. But when you have spiritual eyes, they have to be sensitive to what it's hearing. And when, when they're being sensitive, you're not trying to hear what is Josh saying or what is... Dr. David Jeremiah saying, or what are these guys that are really great at speaking on the radio, what are they saying? You're ultimately trying to get what is God saying. Because if you hear what I say from me, you know, I've, I've already mentioned this kind of thing, is I don't, I'm not a real persuasive person. I don't know if I'd be persuaded by the things that I say. But if you can look and say, this is what God's word says, 
this is really God speaking to me, you're going to have a much better, easier time putting these things into practice. So you have to have sensitive eyes to the light. But you also have to have sensitive eyes to the light for yourself. You know, it's real easy to think, and I've, I've been guilty of this too, to say, you know what, so-and-so needs to hear this. They're not here. You know, or so-and-so, my wife needs to hear this message, right? She's pretty perfect, but not quite. But it's real easy to say, what does someone else need to hear? But I have to be sensitive to what do I need to do. I got to, it's okay to, you know, especially like as parents, like I worry about my kids and how are they hearing things. But I have to make sure that even me, that my biggest concern is myself. I can get up here and say, yeah, you guys need to hear this. Yeah, my kids need to do this. But ultimately, my biggest concern has to be me and if, and if I am doing this, if I am sensitive to the light. And it's great. I'm sensitive. I've heard all this stuff, but now I have to participate in the prescription. The doctor gave me glasses, or he gave me a little card that says, this is what you need for a prescription. Guess what I got to do? I got to say, okay, here, I really want this. Now give me my prescriptions, and now I'm going to follow what you said to do, which in this case, I said, no, I'm not going to because I'm a rebel. My, my glasses really weren't that bad. It was pretty close, and I thought, well, I'm going to save a few bucks. Maybe next year I'll do that. But when it comes to your spiritual eyes, you've got to follow the prescription that you see in what the, the Bible says. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. Everything that the light points out should be removed, like those canoes. You know, if there was a spotlight on the, those canoes, guess what I would have done? I would have sidestepped those things, and then I would have kept going. Or I could have pushed them out of way. I could have done something. So when my spiritual eyes see that there's something in my life that shouldn't be there, I got to push it out of the way. I got to go around it. I got to avoid it somehow. It might be just a flat-out sin. It is wrong for me to be doing X, Y, Z. I'm just going to cut it out. I've, I've mentioned this before, like, uh, like with temptations. You know, it's hard. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it out. If there's a temptation that's there, get rid of it. And I know it's hard. And I know it's painful. I've had to do that kind of thing in my life. But guess what? I'm a whole lot happier now. I didn't realize I was going to be happier, but I took God's word in there, and I did it. I'm not grumpy. You know, I told you, like, the uh, getting, we, we have a TV, which I'm not saying TVs are bad. I like TVs, you know. But there's, it was hard to, to not watch certain shows. And so I got married, and my wife's like, we're getting rid of these videos, and we're not. And it's like, it was, oh, it was painful. I thought this, like I said, the worst choice I ever made. And now I'm like, boy, my life is so much better because I don't have that temptation anymore. If your eyes are good, your, your light, eyes, your light, your, if your eyes are good, your body is going to be full of light. If your eyes are bad, your body is going to be full of darkness. Now I can have, I have 20-20 vision. Noah actually had 20-15 vision. And so he could see really well, way better than I can. But you can have really good physical eyes, and you could read everything that the Bible says, and you could sit in Awana and memorize all these verses, and you could listen to radio after radio and study the Bible and know it far better than anybody else. But if you don't put it into practice, your eyes are going to still be full of darkness. And I know somebody like that. That I remember one time he was a youth group dad, which you would think this is going to be the best thing for, you, you're going to think this is going to be okay, but we went in the back room and he ran me up beside one side and down the other with all these verses and on how he thought you could lose your salvation and, and all these different things. 
And I was like, uh, I have no response to this because I don't know the stuff. But you know what? His eyes are still full of darkness because he's not taking that and put it into practice. He doesn't go to church. All he could do is tell me everything that he thought I was conflicting with him with what Scripture said, but he wasn't following it himself. He knew it really well, but his eyes are still full of darkness. So how do I have darkness? How do I keep my eyes bad? How am I blinded by, by, my, by sins? Well, the first thing is you put blinders on. Sometimes uh, the Bible says men choose darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Now, people, I've never seen anybody in church with blinders on, right? I've never seen anybody walking around town with blinders on because they did not want, or, or listening to a message like this, people are more polite than that. But they, they'll say, uh, but people, their hearts are hard. They refuse to listen. I mean, you can sit there and give me all the con eye contact, because I've been there myself. I've been in school before where I'm sitting there and I'm listening to the teacher, and my mind is like anywhere else but where I'm supposed to be. But people do that. They're, they get hard-hearted. They say, I don't want this. I don't believe this. I'm just sitting there, and I'm giving you this eye contact, trying to convince you that what, I'm accept what you're telling me is I'm accepting, but it's really not true. But how much light is there, how much is light benefit somebody who closes their eyes? You know, if I close my eyes really tight, I can still tell that there's light, but it's not benefiting me. And if I'm completely blind, you can shine the brightest light in my face, and I have no idea that it is doing anything because my, because my eyes don't work. And if I'm hard-hearted, then my eyes are not going to work, my spiritual eyes. So I can be blind by just saying, you know what, I don't believe this, I don't want this. I can be hard-hearted by being MIA, missing in action. And that could be in church, and I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on anybody who's not here, but if you're not in church, then you're, you're not putting yourself in a position to hear from God. But church isn't the only place, because if I don't read my Bible, I'm not putting myself in a position to hear from God. If I don't turn on the radio and listen to somebody speaking, if I don't memorize verses, if I don't get online, if I do nothing with Scripture, I am MIA. I am missing in action. I am my, I'm blinded. I, can't, I don't even know what the light's doing because I'm not around to even see what the light is doing, to see what it is teaching me. I can be like the Pharisees. Uh, I could fake it. You know, uh, next week we're, we're going to kind of be looking at the Pharisees who looked really good on the outside. Uh, and Jesus talks to them about this. Verse, chapter 11, verses 40. How about 39 to 41? Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish. But the inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? These guys looked the part. They looked good. They, they wore the right attire. They tried to follow all these laws. They said, this is how you do it. But on the inside, uh, they, they weren't playing the part. Uh, verse 42 says, Woe to you Pharisees, because you give a tenth of your mint and your rue. I don't even know what that is. And all your other kind of garden herbs. But you neglect justice and the love of God. They, were, they said, hey, I can give a tenth of my money. But even with my herbs and my spices, I'm going to divvy out. Here's a tenth so that I can give exactly what the law says to give. But it says the problem was they were neglecting justice and the love of God. These people were looking the part. They were sitting there in church. They were, they were going through all the motions. They were showing up. They're doing the sacrifices. They're trying to follow all this law. But everything on the inside went against it. And Jesus says, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. 
The outside, you look really good. But the inside, there is not this relationship with God. So some people can be, have bad eyes. They look good on the outside, but on the inside, the, the light isn't penetrating. The light isn't doing anything to change them. Some people get to where their consciences are seared. They've heard the message of salvation a hundred thousand times. They've heard uh, truth from the Bible over and over and over to where it's like, now it's like, I, I don't even feel like God's speaking to me anymore because I've just said no so many times or I've ignored it so many times that it just doesn't feel like it's meant for me. And so if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're like that where you say, so what, you know, to, to the things that I read in Scripture that says has nothing to do with me, then your eyes are blind and that you are not going to have a good Christian outlet, a, a good Christian example. So let me ask you, how sensitive are your eyes to the light? We know with when we, we get... Uh, we, when we get our eyes dilated, man, we're sensitive. You know, Caleb got his eyes dilated, and then you got to wear these uh, sunglasses or something because it's super way too bright. But how sensitive are we to the light of God's word? Do we read it and say, boy, I really got to get this figured out, and I got to stop doing this, and I got to start doing that? Or we say, uh, okay, let's shut that, and let's just keep doing something else. I'm going to avoid this because I don't like it. You know, so you can be sensitive good, or you can be sensitive bad and say, I'm not doing this. How sensitive to uh, the light are you, to God's word? Do you just say, man, i got to do this? Or you say, this is meant for somebody else. Let the light in for your sake. It's, it's going to be benefit you, verses 35 to 36. It says, see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. That's your choice. You see to it that the light within you is not darkness. Verse 36, Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be completely lighted as when the light of a lamp shines on you. It is your choice to let the light in. It's your choice on how you're going to handle what the Word of God says. I'm going to take it and I'm going to do it, or I'm going to just avoid it or ignore it or be missing in action or, or just say this isn't meant for me and say I'm not going to do it. But you know, letting the light in can be painful. You know, when, when it, the truth of something is exposed, it can be a bad thing. You know, I, I picture uh, kids, everybody, every kid, you ever been told to clean your room? Or ever told to clean out your desk? Or, or to do your, your homework? And then you, you get to, uh, we're walking down the hall. I know sometimes Caleb, he'll just stand there right in front of me and try to stop me from coming down the hall because he knows that it's not going to be the way it's supposed to be. And if you go and you turn on the light, and uh-oh, the light exposes that I really did not do this. My parent-teacher conference exposes the fact that I didn't do my homework, right? It's, it could be a bad thing, but ultimately it's for your benefit. It can be painful, but if, if it exposes what's really there and it is supposed to help you in the long run. But usually we avoid pain... Uh, pain at all costs, right? We don't want my parents to see the room's messy. We don't want my parents to see what my grades really are. We don't want to see what's really going wrong in my life. I don't want to know the sin that I'm doing. I don't want to open this book and see that, man, I got to tell the truth. Man, I got to pay my taxes. Man, I got to pray and respect people in authority. I don't want to find out that kind of stuff. But ultimately, we'll see that it's, there's a blessing if we do that. 
It's, it's painful for the light to be exposed, but we're willing to do whatever it takes to help our eyes to see. Now, these are just, they, they feel like pretty simple glasses. I have to wear them uh, to drive, but I can take them off, and I can still, if you make faces at me, I can still see that your, your eyes are open, that they're not. And this, I go home, and I just take these off. Uh, but there's people who, who get bifocals, and there's people who get trifocals. And they're, they're, because they're willing to do whatever it takes to, to see out of my eyes, I'm going to do it. Uh, there's, uh, like Josh, right? He got his eye replaced, or he got some special cornea replaced. Some people get an eye transplant. Uh, they'll get, my dad got the laser surgery done so that he could see without glasses. I even, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but I've, I, I know this old guy, he's like 80 years old, and he, they put a telescope in his eye. Because he had macular de degeneration, he couldn't see except for out of the peripheral, so they stuck a little telescope in his eye so he could actually see forward. I don't know how that works or what that looks like, but at all costs, people will do whatever it takes so that I can see out of my eyes. And the same thing needs to apply with our spiritual eyes. We need to do whatever it takes to see clearly to let the light in with our spiritual eyes. And it's for your benefit. It is for my benefit. Luke eleven twenty eight says, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. You will be blessed if you do what God's word says. I remember uh, telling you, like, uh, like going to a doctor's and you get a physical and the, the doctor says, Josh, you got to cut out on the salt, you got to cut out on the carbs, you got to cut out on the fatty foods. Is that because the doctor's a big meanie? No. He says, your body will function better if you do this, the same thing works with your spiritual body. You cut out all these things out of your life, your spiritual life is going to function better. There will be a blessing. You just have to get rid of certain things. I've told you that there are certain things in Scripture that I do not like. I don't like the fact that I have to tell the truth. I don't like the fact that I always have to go to church. I grew up hating church as much as you all did, right? Or do, like, oh, it's sunny out there, or it's snowy out there. I don't want to be here. I understand that. Uh, loving my enemy, all those kinds of things. It's like, man, those are tough. But there's a blessing if you will do that. There's a blessing now, and there's a blessing in the life to come. If you, if you let the light shine in, it will help you avoid the pitfalls, the canoes, if you will. Uh, in Numbers 32, 23, uh, it says, be sure your sin will find you out, which I, I'm not going to say translate and say everything that you possibly do is, is going to be found out. Because I know there's certain things I've done in life when I was a little kid that nobody knows. And nobody's going to come back and say, hey, guess what, everybody? This is what Josh did. But I found them out, and there are certain things that are going to be found out. And if you stick to the straight and narrow, you, there's nothing to find out if you're doing the right thing. Let that light in, because what goes in is what comes out. If light comes in, light is what comes out. Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says, The good man brings good out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the absolute worst example I can think about this is you, uh, was this little boy. He's probably like four years old, and I was in high school, and we're, the, this kid lives across the street. And I, all of a sudden, I started hearing every bad word you can think of coming out of this little boy's mouth. And all these high school kids just laughing about it because somebody had taught this little kid. This kid has no idea what these things even mean, 
but he's just saying like repetitious, all these bad words, and he only knew those things because they got put into his brain, and so that's what came out. Uh, you know, with, with violence and sexual content and language and certain kinds of music, what comes in is going to have an impact on what comes out. I mean, think about the school shootings. You know, those things get plastered everywhere. And so guess what? Now you have all these copycat. I'm going to try to outdo something, which I realize that's what happens, but that's just an example of, of something bad that got broadcasted, and so everybody's like, well, I can do that too. I think I can do that. Or it's not really that bad, or I wonder what it's like to kill somebody as well. What goes in is what comes out. If you walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5, to 23, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you're walking with the Lord, guess what's going to come out? Only the good stuff. So let, let the light in for your own sake, for your, for your own spiritual health, for your own blessings, but also for other people. Because your life is always a testimony. Now, it's, it's real easy for me to say, you know what, I'm a Mariners fan. I put on a Mariners hat, and the whole world can see that. that. Um, I love my wife, and so I'm going to do things, and I don't care what everybody else thinks, and they can see that I love my wife, or that I belong to this job, or I belong to the school. I got my coat on, and I got all this broadcasting that, hey, this, I'm part of this. But when it comes to being a Christian, being a part of God's family, how do I broadcast that out to people? Is there even any evidence? I know you don't walk around with the t-shirt that says, I'm a Christian, or I'm a child of God, but your life is always a testimony. People, once they find out, they're going to keep their eye on you and see, are you the real deal? Or are you just somebody who's, who's just saying something? So you, you live out your, your testimony, the light in you, by your actions, but you also do it by your speech. Because sometimes you've got to tell people, hey, this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what's right and wrong. This is how you get to have salvation. And the thing is, people are not going to know a lot of times unless we actually vocalize it. Uh, in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15, is how are people going to know the good news that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord is going to be saved? And it says, it says, blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. These stinky, smelly things, blessed are they because they're taking you someplace where you're going to share the good news. There needs to be a distinction between us and the world. We can live in the world because we, we're here. God said, hey, Josh, I want you to live here, but there should be a difference between what I do and what the rest of the world says. I shouldn't let my boss, I shouldn't let my coach, I shouldn't let my friends determine what that's right and wrong. I, I got to go to God's word and see what he says is right and wrong. I have to have good spiritual eyes. And let me t encourage you, you can improve your vision of sight. There's only, only so much you can do for your physical eyes. I can get glasses, I can get the transplant, but when it comes to your spiritual eyes, there's no end to what you can do. You can get like 520 vision, you know? It could be like just ridiculously well if you're willing to put the time and effort into it. You can have good spiritual eyes. You can live a life that benefits others and it benefits yourself at the same time. The choice is yours. Let me challenge you. What goes in is what comes out. So let the light in and then the light will shine out and you'll be a testimony to everybody else. And it, you'll have the vision that God wants you to be and you'll be living the life that he wants you to live. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you have given us
eyes to see. Everybody in here has eyes to see. We have ears to hear what your word says, God. I pray that you would help our, our spiritual eyes, that we would have better than 20-20 vision, God, that we'd be able to just see things just as clearly as we need to, to see what does your truth say, how do we live it out in our life, how does it make sense. We'd have the courage to do it, God, because there's a lot of things in here that are not easy to do, but we need your help to do those things. So I pray for the ability to do that. God, for those who are not here today, I pray that you would please help them to find some time to look at your word, to listen to your radio, to, to get online and hear a message, God, that they wouldn't just be just another day to just ignore what you're, the light that's trying to shine, that they would go and search out that light so it can shine into their lives and that they can in turn shine that out. I just pray for your blessing on the rest of this day to do this. In Jesus' name, amen.